Hey, I'm talking with Josh White today. And Josh, I'm so excited for this conversation. We've already kind of got into a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today, which really is all about how speakers, right, who happen to also be authors um, in most cases, how they can really monetize these speaking opportunities that they're, you know, maybe already embracing or, you know, that's happening around them or that they want to pursue, right? I'm excited for this conversation because taking the stage is like, I have to say for myself, whenever I've taken the stage, magic happens, right? Whether it's leads, uh, more people knowing about who I am, um, and just overall, right, just platform building, right? So many things that go into that. So I'm excited to talk about this with you today. And just to give the readers, not the readers, <laughs> they are readers, but uh, to give our viewers and watchers and listeners an idea, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into the space of supporting authors this way and speakers. Sure. Um... Well, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited for this conversation. Um, I've been in the speaking industry, speaker bureau industry for over 15 years. I started off working for one of the largest speaker bureaus, American Program Bureau, um, as an intern in college. And over the course of 10 years, worked my way up to the head of their corporate department and a senior vice president there. And uh, since then, I've gone to start my own company that's half a speakers bureau and half a speaker management company. And I think for the um, for the focus of this conversation, it's going to be a revolve around more of the speakers that we manage and how beyond the, the speaking engagements that we coordinate for them, um, how we've we been able to grow different revenue streams beyond just uh, speaking. Right. That's incredible. And, you know, there's a number of authors and, of course, speakers that uh, want to take the stage. That's something that they're interested in. And maybe they've got a few inquiries or doing some things on their own. When does it make sense to engage with a bureau, right? From from an author standpoint, is it something that someone should be ready just to dive right into, or are there certain, you know, I, I'm gonna say call them requirements, but just things that need to be in place that are gonna better support them with being with the bureau? Tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, you know, it's it's not an easy answer. It really depends on the individual themselves and what they're looking to do out of speaking. Um, and just as with the individual, it also has to do with the speaker bureau. There are a few different. Uh, uh, representation models in the speaking industry from exclusivity to non-exclusive to having a manager that's a little bit different um, and different bureaus and even the big talent agencies now all have their own internal speaker bureaus mm. um, they all operate a little bit differently offer uh, different uh, different benefits and different ways of working with them so uh, it's really important I tell everybody that's considering working with a speaker bureau or just being represented as a speaker that they take stock of what they're what they are looking to do from the income they're looking to generate to the reach they're looking to have to what other priorities they have in their professional and personal lives that connect to speaking there are some speakers that want to don't care about being paid but they want to get out there to advance their company or their business or are just really passionate about getting a message out um, so depending on what those priorities are it will really uh chart the course for if the speaker needs representation or if they should get it Absolutely. And I know before we started recording, you know, I have a, a number of prospects that may be good fits for your bureau in particular. Um, but one of the things that you shared is that really how you guys support them is really in managing these engagements and, and helping them secure them as well. Um, but ideally, the more qualified author or speaker is going to be someone who's already got some inquiries in place, right? They just need really help and support managing them. Tell us like who ideally are really great fits for, for your bureau. 
Sure. Um, yeah, that's correct. So, well, first and foremost, we are very particular with uh, the speakers that we sign um, from a perspective of they have to be a performer on stage. They have to be a really great speaker. Um, they also have to be a master of their own content. And that means basically being able to apply their content to a bunch of different roles or scenarios or audience types uh, and it still be able to land with a, a wide variety of people, professions, roles, what have you. Um, and third, this has to be something that, they, that they're that they passionate about and that they want to do for the next 20, 30 years. We're not looking to partner with a speaker that might have a best-selling book that we can capitalize over the next 12 months or 24 months. We're really looking for long-term partnerships because we invest heavily in our, in our speakers. So with that said, the best speakers for us that we partner with are are ones that already have some momentum on the speaking circuit. They're getting inquiries from companies, um, basically paying customers. And one, they're either looking to increase the number of engagements they're doing, and or two, they're looking to increase their fees uh, mm. and the volume as well. So what we do is we partner with speakers like this uh, and set a plan to get them to where they want to be um, and to where it makes sense. Um, and then also make sure that what we know what a 10 to 20 to 30 year plan looks like. And then we really take over from there. The marketing, we're full service. We do all the contracting. We coordinate all the travel and logistics, everything like that. Um, but we are true partners. Uh, so much so that even with our speakers' marketing expenses, we contribute whatever our average annual commission is. Um, we contribute that percentage amount to their marketing expenses because we look at this as a full partnership. Um, wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And and really, you know, one of the main things to talk about today is on the on the back end of having that support or just being on stage period just sort of the ways that authors can monetize these speaking opportunities like that is such a really uh, huge topic so outside of just increasing your speaking fees there's a ton of ways that you can take advantage of being on stage so what are you finding to be one of the best ways or you're finding to be uh, a really profitable and smart way um, to approach opportunities being on stage. And I also consider that to be being on someone else's podcast, potentially as being on a platform, right? Uh, talk a little bit. A stage can be anything. It could be the speaking stage, but we're on a stage right now. We're reaching right. this you and I. Um, you know, for a long time, for a very long time, um, the really only product that the individual, a speaker had to sell was their book or maybe like a PDF or something like that as we became more technologically, technologically advanced. But um, yeah, there's a real opportunity. Every person you get in front of, I hate to look at them as a customer, but is a potential customer. So um, with the addition of online courses and the different technologies out there, they, you're able to teach people from a video series or an email series um, to like a, like a paid subscription blog to online courses. These are all opportunities of something that you can sell an individual that's in your in your audience. And many times, once you have an impact of that speaker when you're on stage or on a podcast and they want to learn more, they wanna, they're looking to purchase something from you, right? So to be able to have something available at the you know, at the very least, even like an, an email subscription or something like that, um, is a big benefit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always seen it as, you know, just a step in the overall journey that someone goes from maybe not knowing who you are to now they've seen you on stage and had an experience and they're really primed for right the next opportunity to work with you next and uh in my head i've always seen that as you know back in the day you go to the mall food court and you know someone's out there with a tray of samples <laughs> uh, on toothpicks and you get a taste of it and you're like all right now i'm ready you know i really want to 
take the next step, right? Which of course is the food court mall, you're gonna go get in line and give them your money. Um, but in this case, whether again, on a podcast or um, in another in a in, in situation where they're on stage or, um, or on the media being interviewed, right? These are all opportunities that are gonna really lead people down that next path after they've had this experience with you, teaching them and giving them some value in, in that way. Um, one of my uh, good friends, we actually just interviewed him a, f a couple episodes ago, Cameron Harold. He was sharing how when he goes to do speaking events, let's say he gets booked for uh, a speaking gig, he would then follow up with the, the coordinator or the event coordinator and basically say, oh, I forgot if you want, you know, I can offer my books to everyone there at a certain rate, you know what I mean? And then um, if they if they came back and said no, then it was okay, I'll give it to you for half off. Um, and then if they still said no, they say, hey, you know what? Everyone can just get it for free, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. But it was, uh, again, just a, a really smart way of what I consider stacking that speaking opportunity, right? Not only are you gonna come there to speak, but you can also leverage, like you said, books, courses, um, other products, PDFs, swipe files, templates, what have you, to be, you know, in some cases, maybe a leverage point in you getting on stage or you having something on the backside to be, you know, to, to provide some return on everything that went into you showing up on that stage. Yep, absolutely. And, and courses can also do the reverse, where, whereas individuals can take your course and be so impacted from it that they, that they remember you. So when they're in a position to hire a speaker or to recommend a speaker, you, you're recommended mm -hmm. by that individual. So yeah, it goes both ways too. And same with like him giving out his books, your friend, what is his name, Cameron? Yes. Um, you know, you must be a true believer in the impact that his book can have. And by putting those in everybody's hands, you're turning those into followers or fans or, or true believers, right? And, um, and so you might have a customer for life that way. Exactly. Now, speaking to that, author that maybe is looking to dive into speaking more, maybe they don't have as many inquiries yet, but they know that it's something that they can see being of advantage to their path, right? Their, their strategy and how they grow and stay in conversation about their book. Uh, what do you recommend that they do or take a look at when it comes to, you know, getting started with a speaking career? Right. I love that you said that you, you know, at your speaking bureau, you prefer that they're in for the long game, not just for six months, a year. Right. Um, but let, let's say that this person is looking to make that commitment to, you know, a, a, a long, the long game. Right. Uh, where can they get started? Where do you recommend that they start with um, going down this path? The, your last, the last episode of your podcast. No, but the last episode I think was about building a platform, right? And how important that yes. is what author or publishers want to see many times when they're considering an author. That's the same thing with speaking. You need to have a platform. The platform is your book, is your speaking, is your online courses, is whatever else. I mean, there's so many people doing cool things with like creating their own social media, mm -hmm. uh, platforms for their followers. And I mean, there's it's the world of technology. There's so many cool things different individuals are doing, but it all starts with that platform. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's so true. That's so true. And you, you mentioned in particular, uh, before we started recording, and it's up to you if you want to go into it or not, you don't have to disclose any names, but there was a speaker that was charging, let's say 5,000 um, per talk, and now it's in the multiple five figures. How, how, does, how does someone go from there to there? 
Okay, so the example uh, you're giving is a, is a great one. That's the perfect type of speaker for us. Um, that speaker was someone that was getting a good amount of corporate income. That was a speaker who had a book that was uh, written for individuals to improve a certain skill. Um, and the first book didn't make the connection to the corporate or professional world as much as it did like in uh, to like an individual personal side of things. But um, a lot of corporate executives were picking up the book and saw the value of her content uh, for professionals. It was about communication. And she was getting a, a good amount of inquiries from companies that wanted to hire her to speak. Mm -hmm. But um, she was, uh, the speaker was not closing a lot of them because um, because her materials were positioned for the individual. So the only ones she was really booking were ones where some of them were really big fans of theirs or of that speaker and um, and understood how the speaker's work connected to the professional and they didn't need the resources to buy in or get buy in from their boss and so they are booking it. But that's mm -hmm. many times you're not talking to the decision maker. So all those other opportunities uh, that speaker wasn't closing because the, um, the platform or the positioning or the branding wasn't built out um, the way that those people needed to see to be able to make a purchasing decision. Even a $5,000 speaking fee is a big purchasing decision, right? Right, right. So uh, we worked with that speaker to to make some tweaks to the positioning, per, more uh, per, um, topics that appeal to professionals, uh, and so much so that her next the speaker's book that came out was more focused on the corporate world as well. Uh, long story short, by making those tweaks, and you know, it wasn't just like branding; it was everything, right? A new presentation and building it out. But we were able to, to go from five thousand dollars a speech to over forty thousand dollars a speech in the span of two years. I mean, there's other things that a new book, you know, a lot of visibility, very successful. But um, but that's not to say that you know your platform, what it says on your website, um, isn't just equally as important. And Absolutely. So we have expertise that we bring. We've been doing. I've been doing this for over fifteen years. I have a lot of people on our team here that understand this world, um, and it's it's basically figuring that that intricacy out. Man, but I love that you bring the attention back to those tweaks that can be made. You talked about platform. You talked about positioning. You talked about the presentation itself, right? And ensuring that you're speaking to that 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 decision maker right and making sure that that content is is aligned with them like that's that's huge i mean those those are tweaks that you know really any author or speaker can make today just in right taking a look at some of those things right if uh and starting there right you can really start to you know to your point just start to make whatever tweaks are necessary maybe to start to get the five thousand uh, dollar speaking engagements or what have you but you know the positioning and the platform is is really really important right especially if you're wanting to level up um with the stages that you're speaking on with you know the clients that you're attracting you know how many people are getting access to your book all of that always seems to be tied back to your platform right and certain publishers and um you know bureaus and people who support authors whether it's a publicist or what have you they're also looking at your platform too right to, to gauge whether or not right there that you're you're qualified but i love it essentially for wherever an author is they can still make those tweaks and make and put some intention uh, and focus around their platform yep i always tell um people when they're looking to make those adjustments to take a step back look at who's making comments on your books and what they're saying is very beneficial or what they like what they honed in on, what, who are sending you speaking leads uh, currently, what types of event, what types of audience, and you're, you'll start to see a pattern. And as long as that pattern uh, aligns with 
the, the speaker's priorities um, and goals, um, my decision is always to lean into that, whatever that pattern is, and then build out from there. So, you know, it's, you know, getting a ton of interest from technology companies and leadership teams, like lean into that leadership side and to the technology side of things. And once you uh, increase bookings or fees or whatever your priorities are, then you can build out from there. Yeah. Um, but it's that initial traction that you can really leverage to, to, to grow. Absolutely. And I know that you have such an extensive, uh, gosh, uh, extensive list of authors that you supported, uh, events that you're connected to, so forth and so on. And you've been in this game for, you said 15 years, right? And helping uh, authors and yeah. speakers in this way. What do you see for, you know, in the future for this, right? I know that most of your authors uh, and clients, you know, you want them to be in there for the long game. So when you put on your futuristic glasses, so to speak, and look down the, you know, down the line here, you know, let's call it 10, five to 10 years from now, what do you anticipate or see being uh, a change or something that, uh, you know, is coming about that, I don't know, is it good or bad, what you see happening in this in this space altogether? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, and I think the only time is gonna tell. If you would have asked me this question pre-pandemic, I would have said technology, <laughs> I would have said technology, right? Yeah. Like, um, um, you know, how we look through, uh, what do they call that? Augmented reality. You look through a glass and we can see the speaker and something else on stage or exactly. a holographic speaker um, and all those other these technologies that we see um, over the past couple of years. Um, but that concern when the, or having to account for that has gone away because uh, during the pandemic, I think we all realized how important that uh, in-person communication is, either one-on-one or attending an event or actually having the speaker there on stage. Um, so right now, the speaking world's kind of been an interesting place with um, with search and everything. It's make there you know from when I started, there's probably ten times as many speaker people that call themselves a professional speaker and actually receive money for speaking over than there were 15 years ago. Um, wow. That's because people can put up a website and pay for some Google Words and and get booked, right? Um, put, use technology to come up with a good reel, and they might not necessarily be the big, the best speaker. But clients are have been burned enough now that people are becoming very savvy and, and uh, spending more time betting who they're going to book. And so I think in the future, like the big change is that like in order to have like a successful speaking career, you are definitely going to have to be a great performer on stage. So owning those skills, um, I think, is going to be tough. And that might sound that might surprise some people. As everybody makes five thousand dollars plus for a speech, a great speaker. Well, let me let me tell you another surprise. Probably only like thirty percent of people that come in the fee actually deserve the fee that they get, right? Mm. But if you have a best-selling book, or they're a celebrity name, or there's someone that's going to attract a bunch of people to pay a ticket to go to the event. They get booked regardless. Wow, wow! And you are you also supporting your speakers with, you know, being a better speaker on stage and certain skill sets there? Yes, um, we always, you know, we always, but uh, we want our speakers to be the best speakers in the world. So whatever we can do um, to help them with that, uh, we support them in every way possible. That's awesome. And, and I imagine that in the future as well, that as the, I'll call it the e-learning industry and, and other ways that we're consuming information is continuing to grow. Um, does that also translate into more opportunity for speakers, right? I also think about just when you mentioned pandemic, the surge of virtual events that took off, right? And summits and things of that nature. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just curious, like, do you see that with with that space growing, with how we're learning and taking information that this is creating more opportunities to speak? Oh, absolutely. You know, if I think about it, like, there's a time, probably for a period of five years or so, when TED was at, like, the height of their popularity, the TED Talks, mm -hmm. um, where if you went and spoke at TED, it became a big lead gen for you as a speaker, right? Um, we're starting to see that with, with these courses now because a company will purchase a thousand licenses for their employees. And then uh, and, and so some executive or somebody on a committee that's hiring a speaker at that company gets exposed to this individual because of their course. One of our speakers, um, his ma uh, main source of leads were from people that taken this course. Mm. It was pretty eye-opening to see. Wow, and how, how did that, so from the stage they, they spoke and then it directly just pointed them to... No, like the company, like people would take it, take the speaker's course online and then so many people had to take it, you know, so many people taking it that eventually some of those folks had to, had to need to hire a speaker or suggest a speaker. Ah, oh, I see. Uh, and like, oh, wow. these were LinkedIn learning courses, right? So I used, to, I, I used to make a joke that LinkedIn's, LinkedIn learning is the new TED because our speakers that had LinkedIn learning courses actually got, when you... You know, in the box that said, where did you hear about the speaker? It would say LinkedIn Learning. Oh, Taken so far that one of our speakers on there gets leads because um, it, uh, he's the only person that has a course on a specific, particular, a particular topic on LinkedIn Learning. Hmm. And people are using LinkedIn Learning as a resource to find who they think are going to be good speakers. That's like a qualifying uh, wow. course. Yeah, it's mind-blowing, right? That's and, very uh, interesting. <laughs> Like, they were going to LinkedIn Learning and say, okay, who's these instructors on storytelling, let's say, right? And then they're contacting them, say, I saw you have a storytelling course on LinkedIn. Uh, do you speak? That is really, really good to know. So good to know. I'm, I'm glad you gave us that, that tidbit there, too. This has all been a really uh, informative conversation, for sure. And I, I trust that everyone tuning in is, is also picking up on just, you know, what you can really do, right? What speaking elevates for you. Um, as well as the importance of always, always focusing on your positioning, your platform, um, because that's never going to change, right? <laughs> Whether you're speaking for free or you're, you know, getting 50 grand to speak, right? Like your platform and how you're positioning yourself is always going to be key. So, um, so Josh, I'm so appreciative of, of just what you shared with me today. I've learned a lot and I would love for you to um, share where people can reach out to you. And then if you have any like last parting words of advice to, to share, with the, the listeners, that would be awesome too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our website is epickeynotes.com, E-P-I-C-K-E-Y-N-O-T-E-S.com. Um, and there's a ton of information on there as well as a way to get in contact with me and our team. Um, and part of the words, you know, I think it's uh, becoming a, a, a successful speaker and a sought after speaker is hard work. But if you put the time and intention and work into it, on that back end, it's very rewarding, not only from the, the money side of things, but also the true impact that you can have on individuals. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if you're only speaking to corporate, like inside of corporations, like these people also need to hear uh, from external voices and need to be motivated, need to be inspired, need to be put back on track, need to learn. Um, so it is an awesome opportunity uh, to impact people's lives. Beautiful, beautiful. Josh, that, that's awesome. I want to thank you again and uh, acknowledge just all the work you've done in this industry and how you've supported really just information getting out on a bigger scale, right? It supports the author. It supports those that are really getting quality, you know, quality learning experiences. Like that's what I love most about 
what you've created, um, you know, for for your clients as well as for the events where the, that's that's taking place. And um, just acknowledge, like, yes, uh, just I can tell a genuine heart to help people and really wanted to see them succeed. So, again, uh, kudos to you and thanks again for for being here on the show. I'm going to ask you one last question before you go, and this is a, a fun question to ask all of our guests, which is, what is your one word? So. Given a sticky note with a message to send to the world from Josh, what is that one word that you want the world to know? Empathy. Say it again. Empathy. Empathy. Wow. Okay. Tell me more a little bit. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, it's something that we're missing as a society as a whole. As a whole, it's just that extra layer of feeling or thought of compassion for somebody or understanding. I mean, empathy can be defined in a few different ways and can be applied in, in different circumstances, but I think it's a good catch-all for us just to say, like, hey, take a step back uh, before you react and put yourself in someone else's shoes, whether positive or negative. So. 100%. I love that. I, and I feel you on that. that. That's so, so key. So, yeah, uh, Josh, thanks again. I'm so glad that we got to connect yeah, again yeah. and to have you on. Thanks for having me.